Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Are you tired of being tracked online? There's a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more, all for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Bradfo Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hit Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradfo Show. That's delicious. I just asked Stephen Wright if he's ever been on the Bradfo Show before, and the response was a resounding, I don't think so. You, were, you would remember it, right? Yeah, I think so. I would hope so. <laughs> well, anyway, we had Stephen Wright here. We're happy to have him. And off to a, a very good start this year. He's, he's as a relief pitcher. Uh, and you know, Stephen. One of the things is like when we were talking to Cora after what was it, after Monday's game. He admitted, like, I didn't know how I was going to use him. I didn't know what was going to happen. We knew you were out of options. We knew you were coming back healthy. When you came back, we were like, ah, I don't know how this is going to work. Yeah, I mean, I think that's for me is just trying to miss in a year and a half. You know, and they come with a new staff. I mean, for me, I just wanted to make sure when I came back, I was able to compete. You know, so far, you know, being in the bullpen has is, is worked out. Uh, it's, I'm not foreign to it. Um, so it wasn't like I'm uncomfortable doing it because I've done it in the past. Um, and I'm just happy to be able to get the ball and just try to go out there and compete. But it's one thing to compete. Like, when you when you were competing and when you were awesome, you were making all-star teams, you were a starting pitcher. And I would imagine at some point you would like to get to that Right, that would be fair. I mean, I did to me, Rod. Honestly, it doesn't matter for me. Uh, for like, I've always been pretty open, whether starting or leaving. Like, I just want to try to go out there and help the team win. On, you know, whenever I get an opportunity to, to get the ball, uh, if it's starting, great. You know, if it's out of the bullpen, that's fine. You know, I don't really have a preference. And you mean that? You, it's not a politically correct answer. Oh, I just say, really, doesn't matter. I mean, you know, for me, it's like I just I'm in the big leagues. Like, I just want to play. You know, and so it always see the different roles got different mentalities you know like when you're a starter you know you have you know four days in between to work on your craft and then you know you have the ability to kind of take your time to get warmed up uh, as a bullpen you got to be ready to go every day so there's pluses and minuses to both uh, but at the end of the day I'm in the big leagues and I'm pitching for the Red Sox so I mean I'm happy well so I asked this Pedroia the other day that I'm talking days before he came back and he said listen I'm not going to worry about the small stuff anymore this whole thing is giving me a new 
new perspective on on exactly what you're talking about. Is that fair? I mean, like, it's one thing to have a new perspective about. I like to pitch and I like to be on the mound, and but has this given you a new perspective of like this? Oh my goodness, this is pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely, man. You just you start to take things for granted when you're out here every day, and uh, you know, the moment I hurt my shoulder is kind of when reality set in that it can be over that fast. But even then, even then, you probably were like, yeah, okay, you know, I'm cruising. I'll I'll be cruising probably in another couple of weeks. Yeah, I thought I thought I was gonna be fine and then it just never got better um, and then when it finally got better then I hurt my knee you know and then so every time I went out last year trying to pitch I was hurt um, and it wasn't feeling good so it, it was one of those like man can I actually ever pitch here again and then when I had the knee surgery and then trying to come back it's like dude every time you walk it hurts it's like it's just a constant reminder that you know you're injured and it's like and then you're not good and so finally to be able to come out here and compete it's, it definitely gives you a different perspective on how how blessed we are to be able to do this and how lucky we are to be able to come back from such a significant injury by the way i have to remind myself my wife actually said this so i was driving in like do you understand how lucky you are to come to Fenway Park to work? I'm like, yeah, not really. No. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, like, I never forget how lucky I am because, uh, you know, there was a, a moment where I was going to be done before I started messing around with the knuckleball. And so that's one thing I never take for granted, but... You know, you start to lose, you know, for me, it lost like that uh, that energy to keep working because it's like, dude, it's like I would work really hard and then I'd have a setback on my knee. And so it's like I can't work as hard as I want to. So now it's not so much about, you know, not working hard. It's working smarter, you know, it's, it's taking days off, you know, when you, when you can of not doing anything impactful. You know, it's like, you know, obviously it's different for Pedroia because he's an everyday player, uh, but when you get those opportunities of a day off like you got to utilize them to really give that knee some time to, to heal and so it's just a different way of going about you know your day-to-day business when you're talking about so physically when you're trying to try to work your way back and you have the shoulder thing and that took a long time then you have the new thing and that took a long time what was the point where you like you just said like man I, it's, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if it's going to work. I, I, I thought I could, but I don't know if this is going to work out. I would say for me, it was probably right around when I was getting close to like the 10, 11, 12 month mark, like those three months towards the end, because it's like I was feeling good. I was throwing, but it didn't feel quite right. Was that in spring training? Yeah. I saw you limping. Yeah, yeah. It was spring training. Uh, but that's the thing is like one day I'd come in I'm like man I'm like I'm I'm not far away and then two days later I can barely walk and so it's like it got to the point where it's like man like I don't know if I want to live the rest of my life like this you know trying to get every you know you work your butt off you know for four straight days to throw one day and then you can't walk and it's like I just you got to the point where I was like man I just don't know if I can do this you know but I you know getting a drain and getting the PRP shots and really just trusting the medical staff that it's gonna it's just another hurdle and talking to the doctor that did the surgery and he says that's where the majority of the issues that that athletes have coming back is is right before you get ready to play he goes because it's still not going to feel quite right he goes it's just a matter of can you can it get it good enough to where you can actually go out and compete and eventually it got to that point do you think about quitting no i never thought about quitting i just didn't know how long i could do it to the point where because you talked about like getting whenever someone brings up getting older and 
quality, quality of life and things like that? That's the first question that comes to my mind. Yeah, no, I never thought about quitting. I just didn't know if it was going to be, you know, sooner rather than later, you know. Like, I knew eventually I was going to be okay, but it's just getting to the point where it's frustrating to where it's like, man, I don't know if I can just keep grinding out day after day. And so it definitely got to the point where I'm like, man, like, I don't know how much longer after this year I would do if my knee didn't get better. So when was the turning point? Probably about a month ago. Really? That, that soon, huh? Uh, yeah. It was just like overnight. What do you remember where the, that like moment that was it? It was down in Fort Myers. It was yeah. It was down in Fort Myers. I did a rehab start um, in Buffalo. Yeah, for the. Oh, so it was because so, so it was after your first rehab. Yeah, start. that was my first rehab start. My it was my second rehab start, to where it felt pretty good. I'm like, wow, like I might be able to do this, and then yeah. So then I was able to kind of go from there. <laughs> that's, that's pretty crazy, like, dude. It was literally overnight, almost. Really? Yeah. I mean, did they? Did, I mean, they try to tell you what's coming, but I would imagine if they knew something like that was coming, they would have said, hey, by the way, in 11 or 12 months, they're going to be like, or whatever it is, it's going to be overnight, You're gonna, it's going to feel better. Yeah, I mean, I, that's the thing. Is like It still doesn't feel normal, but I don't know if it'll ever feel normal because it was such a big, evasive knee surgery, you know, but they said, like, that's pretty much how it happens, like, with everybody, you know, like, you know, Pajoya was lucky enough to have his quicker. Um, but he's shorter. He's shorter, yeah, and he doesn't weigh as much. And he, you know, that, but that's the thing. It's like it's the same type of surgery, but it's different surgeries because it all depends on where the lesion was, how long you had it, how you did, how you did it. There's a lot of other factors other than just oh, they had the same surgery. Why is one taking eight months and one took 13 months? It's like well, it's a different type of surgery, even though it's the same kind of surgery. If that makes any sense. Like it's not a typical like ACL. You go in there, you fix it. It's like I mean, it's a big invasive surgery to go in there and replace cartilage with something else's yeah um and so yeah i mean it just took a little time i was i remember seeing you in the offseason like yeah it's good you know like you because it's a process you know everything's good everything's good then boom everything's not good yeah pretty much well the going back to the pinch running thing i want to go back to the pinch have you ever watched that because i i actually hadn't watched it in forever like I, I, have you gone back and watched the video? I've never seen the video. I don't really have any desire to. Really? No, I mean, it's it was a freak thing, man. Like I didn't even do anything. No, but that's why that's why I implore you to watch the video because I'm like I knew I didn't do anything. Like I literally, it's just but like. You know, I had thrown like a full side. I threw a 50-pitch pin. I ran gashes that day. I did shoulder program. I lifted upper and lower body. And then three hours later, I'm diving back into the bag. So, you know, my shoulder was just tired. Like, it was fatigued. I'd just thrown two nights before nine innings. It was August, so I had already had thrown a bunch of innings. And so it was just my shoulder was fatigued. And so, like, I knew when I dove back, it was a clean dive back. But it's just my shoulder was just tired. It just kind of moved it enough to where it just pissed some things off and it just rest is all it did i like that pissed some things off it did, it did whatever it was that it got mad it was pissed did you ever think about and like you got you know a lot of time between then and now like you were on a run obviously you were on a run you ever think about well uh if i just kept pitching if that didn't happen where i would be right now you're in a good spot because as we've, we identified, you're playing yeah. professional baseball for the Red Sox. You know, my knee would have 
flared up at some point. Have you ever thought about that? No, I don't think about that. I feel like everything happens for a reason. You know, maybe it was to avoid something more serious, you know. So I feel like if you sit there and say, what if, what if, I mean, you start you start thinking about too much of the past and you try to concentrate on, you know, the future and try to, you know, how can I prepare myself for, you know, the next day or the next outing or whatever the part, you know, in your life you're at. But, you know, it's, you know I feel like you can't get caught up in the past like that, especially something that's as dramatic as that because it's like, you know, who, who knows what if, if, what if it, I would have made my next start and blew my shoulder out from throwing. You know, so it's like, for me, I think of the positives. It's like, you know, it's just maybe it's avoiding something. I mean, I don't know. But you're in a good place now. You, you, you've got through the injuries. You got through, obviously, the stuff in the off season, And it seems like you've come out on the other side of a lot of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it definitely was uh, probably the darkest year and a half I've ever had, both for professionally and family-wise. You know, but everything's in the past now, you know, and everything right now is good. Um, and now I'm just, you know, looking forward to the rest of the season and the rest of the future. When you now going back to this is a weird segue, awkward one, but you go to the bullpen, you get ready for a game. How many pitches like you've done this before? You've relieved before. Is it is it now as we sit here? Is it sort of second nature or is it like, eh, I, you know, I'm still working through this? As a relief pitcher. I think it's a little bit of both, um, for sure. But, you know, it's one of those things, the mentality is, is like, second nature for me. Because, you know, I've done, you know, I've been a reliever more than I've been a starter previous to the knuckleball. Um, and then even when every time I've been up here, 16 was the first time I was just a starter. Um, and so it's not the, not foreign to me. It's just more about the unknown is, like, is obviously the knee. You know, it's like when I'm throwing, if I, you know, I haven't gone back to back yet, but if that comes, like, how is that going to respond? You have to, like, limber up and things like that more than you tip might because of You know, it's one of those things is I don't know if I have to, but I do anyways. It's one of those, like, I don't want to sit back and wait and just try to sit there for six innings and then just hop up and go. So it's like, you know, I, they, they've been really good about being communicated as far as, like, if I'm up or down, if I'm hot, if I'm not. You know, if there's, you know, if, you know, for me, like, I just want to know if there's a 1% chance I'm going to pitch, I'm going to prepare myself, you know. And so, but, if, you know, there's times where they are like, you're not pitching, um, so don't even, you know, just relax. And so then I'll just sit there and hang out. Um, but, yeah, but you, there's a bike down there, you know, and it depends on what stadium we're at. You know, there, we have bands. We have other ways to kind of keep you moving around, keep your body active. Um, and that's, I just do that just because it helps me stay prepared. You talked to Wake because Wake was, you know, he, he morphed into a closer. Yeah, I talked to him. I seen him yesterday for the first time since being up here. And we talk a little bit about getting loose and, you know, what to focus on and what to, you know, not get too caught up in and, and just ways to kind of get your body ready to go. So then when you get your eight pitches out here, you're ready to just to fire them in there. You know, because I look at I was thinking about this after watching you Monday and what Alex said, too. You guys have more, quote, unquote, long men. You basically have your entire depth starters in the bullpen right now, right? Yeah, we do. I mean, and, and it's it's a good thing, and it, it could be a bad thing, you know, if you whichever way you want to look at it. But I look at it this way, and I'm and I don't know if I'm full of hooey or not, but I'm like, this could be something. We could be onto something here in how bullpens are built, because because okay, we've seen how valuable already that you are, the Hector has been, the Brian has been. 
And I mean, I'm not even talking about stars taken out early in the game, whether it's a couple innings at the end. Save, like, I kind of feel like if I was building a team, maybe I might start thinking about these a little bit. Yeah, it's definitely different, man. It's, I mean, it's one of those things that I don't think teams, you know, right now, or when you look at bullpens, is everybody's throwing 100. You know, you see guys that are one-inning guys, a lot of one-inning guys. Very few teams have guys that can go multiple innings. And, you know, when we got three guys. I mean, even Heater can go multiple innings. Barnes has gone multiple innings. The only guy that really hasn't done it much is Kimbrell. You know, Joe is a starter, so, you know, he's capable of going multiple innings. You know, obviously you want to try to limit that with those guys because those are your setup guys. Uh, but when you got me, BJ, and Velasquez, who were all starters last year, you know, spring training, so it's it's it's, it's definitely a different way to... Of but it saves the other guy. I mean, this is the thing. It saves... If you look at it, it saves the other guy. So you you don't have, like, the Kellys or the Barnes or the Hembrys having to go back-to-back as much. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously the goal. You know, for us, like, if those guys are going back-to-back, that means that we're winning. You know, that means that, you know... But I would put you in if you were, you know, if, if in a close game, I would say, okay, you know, instead of just getting the seventh, you all you guys, you're pitching well enough to get the seventh and eighth. And I don't think that's the mentality. No, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, that part is, you know, I know for us... Is we just try to go out there and, you know, whenever it's our time to throw, and we just try to put up as many zeros as we can. You know, if that time does come, then, yeah, we're ready for it. Um, but, you know, those guys have been doing such a good job holding down the 7th, 8th, and ninth that it's like if there's an opportunity and those guys are fresh, they're, they're going to get the ball. But if they're not, we're ready to take the ball as well. I was, I'm sorry. I'm trying to revolutionize the bullpen and really. You're overthinking it. Is what you, <laughs> I'm going to get there. I, I, I'm not really there. I'm going to get there. You're trying to reinvent the wheel. Well, like, you, you, there's no other team that has three, like, quote-unquote long guys in their bullpen. Yeah. Everyone say, was crapping on the ideas of long guys for the last few years. Yeah, I mean... You know, you're not buying it. I don't know, man. I mean, I haven't... Obviously, I don't look at the... The, the talk shows and stuff about that because they're not talking about long guys, but uh, I'm I'm just I'm just thinking about it. Yeah, I, I think it's just it's different, you know. It's just I think when you with this the way this game's been, it's such an old school game that the moment you do something different, it like all of a sudden it causes an uproar. Like that's not going to work. Well, it's like if it's, it hasn't never been done, how do you know it's not going to work? You know, that's the question I always have. If it's never been done, you can't say it's not going to work because sometimes it, it might. How are you going to know? you don't at least give it a shot see that's what i'm talking about right is what so what tell me like is that, you know, obviously shifts are the first thing that jump to mind when is there anything else you're like yeah you know what baseball should do more of that yeah, i don't know like that's a good well like off the top of my head i can't think of it but i like the way you're thinking um like another terrible segue, Mike Greenwell. You know Mike Greenwell. Love Greeny. Love him. He's did, you see, did you see him when he was here? Oh, I saw him, and I gave him a lot of crap. I felt bad for him because he had to face Pedro right after giving up a bomb. So I told him, I was like, whatever he had left, he was going to get it all in, those, in that next at bat. So tell real quick, how did how do you know Mike Greenwell? Because well, the, the average listener wouldn't say, oh, of course Stephen Wright knows Mike Greenwell. How do you know him? I've known Mike Greenwell for since 2009. His son, Bo Greenwell, uh, we were playing together with the Indians. And so ever since then, then when I got traded, <clears throat> they live in Fort Myers. And so every probably once, twice a week, I go out to their house and we have dinner, hang out. He's got a big farm out there. And I'm, you know, I'm best friends with his son, Bo. And uh, I'm really good friends with Garrett, too, his other brother. 
and so we always take the kids out there. They have horses, and they own that family fun park. So we go down there, and take the kids to ride go karts, and you know they're just they're good people, man. So we uh, we always whenever they come up here, we go out to dinner and stuff. You two, you probably didn't see him play though, right? I mean, without you the help of you two. I mean, yeah, I'd have to. I mean, I'm sure I did. I mean, I've seen like the years that he played. I've watched the Red Sox yeah. and when they he was good when they come to Angel Stadium. Yeah, you look at his numbers. His numbers are retarded. Ask him about being robbed of the MVP. Have you ever talked? MVP and the uh, Rookie of the Year. Yeah, there you go. So I guess that came up with the, the dinner oh, yeah. time. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I don't blame him, dude. I mean, when you got guys that are cheating, I mean, it's hard to look back. I mean, especially in that era because those guys were – most of the guys were doing that. And, you know, whether it was, you know, steroids or greenies or something else, I mean – but, you know, for him, like, you know, he's he never did it, you know. And you could tell his body was the same from start to finish. And you look at a guy like Conseco where, you know, he was a toothpick and then all of a sudden he's freaking jacked. Well, yeah, he basically admitted and, it. Yeah, obviously he yeah. came out later yeah. and admitted, you know, the same thing. With but when he's, when, when he's accepting the MVP award, he's, he's not admitting it. No, no. no. Um, so I always end these with uh, give me the question that you want to ask me because I want to be fair and balanced and uh, it can be as I'm stalling because I can give you the heads up that I'm like <laughs> yeah. that I'm allowing this to, 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 to happen uh, when we did it with Mookie Betts last year he asked me about the Dodgers roster which was a terrible question and this year he did a what did he oh he talked he asked me how the Celtics are going to stop LeBron James which now in hindsight was a terrible question yeah. and I said you can ask anything you can ask about how, how I got so skinny Awaken 180 weight loss You already know this um, Yeah, anything you want uh, I don't know Let's see What do you got on all the teams That uh, sold off all their players and Foot baseball? Yeah, flooded the market I think that teams are undervaluing They're valuing Calling up their own guys more They're accepting that more than in years past, and that's well the many many reasons the free the whole free agent mess this year. But I think that the ownership and to a certain extent the fan base are saying they look at the Houston's of the world and whatever, and they think okay you can do it that way. But it's almost become an excuse, yeah. you know. Do you do you agree? I think, I think so too. I mean, when you you know when you look at a market that who had so many guys going into spring training that had no jobs that were all-stars Cy Young guys or you know candidates and and MVP you know type caliber players going in and signing one-year deals it's like but then you got a team like the Pirates who trade Garrett Cole to Houston and it's like it's great for Houston but now that takes one spot two teams out of the picture for a free agent because you got Pittsburgh who's trading everybody then you got Houston, who now they got Garrett Cole, who's obviously a dominant pitcher. So now they don't need to get a starter. And I just think it's a different way of doing a business. But you know, it's part of the game, I guess. You know, it's 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 the way the game's evolved. Um, obviously, it sucks for guys trying to get jobs. You know, but it's just it's interesting to hear a view from a media guy on that aspect of the. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I might not know what I'm talking about, but that's my opinion. Do you have any questions about my job? No, I don't. I don't believe the media. No, that's, that's fair. <laughs> no, I'm no, 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 that's, that's fair. That, no, that's fair. I don't get caught up in it because, you know, that's the thing when you think about media, whether it's baseball, whether it's political, or no matter what it is, it's people always got to remember it's still somebody's opinion. You know, whether it's a good opinion or not, it's still somebody's opinion. So for me, like, I don't 
look at articles and stuff like that because it's it's just somebody's opinion. Sometimes they got good opinions, sometimes they got bad opinions. Is it Boston? So you came into Boston, you know, a little later. Like, you come in. Like, my, one of the things that I have always go back to, I... I players have a lot of good points when it comes to the media media in boston but one of the things that sort of pisses me off is sort of like guy comes in and you guys you guys talk or whatever players talk like oh there's this perception you know there's perception and then instead of like learning about how guys are or how it is it's like this is how it is like can you see what i'm saying coming yeah, from i know what you're saying i mean i think that you know boston definitely gets a bad rep when it comes to to media um and some of it is for good reasons and some of it isn't, you know. And I feel like for for me, the way I view it is the people that are around us every day, like I've gotten to know most of them. You know, not obviously not on a personal level like you. Um, but for me, it's like, you know, that's for me, I'm a personal guy. I, like I'm a friendly guy. Like, you know, I know everybody's got a job to do. Like if I suck, like I know I suck that day. Like, you know, I think the biggest thing it is like with all the sports radio, and like you know, all the it's all the the other third party type bloggers and stuff that you know makes it hard. But I think the biggest thing is that you just can't get caught up in it because it is still their opinion. Whether it is a talk show, whether it's still their opinion, like their opinions don't really have that much value to what I do on a day to day basis. Like I know what I got to do to be successful. I know when I suck. I know when I'm doing good. Like so, it's like you know, but. It, that's fine when you're talking about that but talking about you know should they trade me or trade this guy like it's just their opinion like and if you get too caught up into that it's going to be tough because boston is such a media friend you know media frenzy and so if you do get caught up in what people are saying i mean it's going to be tough you know and then if you go to a smaller market team they just don't have the following so it's like wouldn't you rather be on a team that cares with fans that care with the media that care you know, sometimes it's freaking overboard when it comes to how crazy some people can be. But it's at the same time, like, I'd much rather have that because it's like they want us to win just as much as we want to win. And they expect us to win just as much as we expect us to win. And so for me, like, I take that with, you know, with pride, you know. It's like, shit, they care. You know, if they didn't care, like, how fun would that be just to go to work every day? It's like, dude, it's like, it'd just be boring, like, going out there just to collect a paycheck you know and it's like don't get me wrong the money is good but it's like you know the oh, you go to other parks you can go to any of the parks it's one of the things that baffles me like those some of those teams that the places are like that yeah. like whether you go there and you're looking around like this sucks or they come here and like this is good people yeah. care yeah and that's the thing is that you come here on you know you, there's a reason why there's fans that you know in april where it's 30 degrees outside and the stadium's pretty much packed it's because they care you know it's a fun place to play i mean it's obviously it's an iconic stadium but it's a and it's an iconic town it's a team baseball basketball football i mean you go to any sports you know i went to game seven of the bruins against the maple leaves that place was rocking i went to the celtics game this past couple days ago for game seven that place was rocking i mean they freaking care and so it's like i'd much rather play in a city that cares versus a city that doesn't because then it's just going through the motions well i have an opinion my opinion this podcast is awesome so thanks for joining me steve good job anytime keep your car looking its absolute best year round with 303 cleaners and protectants 303's revolutionary graphene nano spray coating gives you professional protection in a simple easy to use formula it will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss 
You can also use their brand new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Tired of companies like Google and Facebook watching everything you do online? There's actually a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more. All for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Welcome to History Is Us. I'm Dr. Eddie S. Glaude, Jr. Join me as we journey through history to face the ugly truths at the heart of the American story. Throughout this series, we explore who we are as a nation. Listen to History Is Us, a creation and presentation of Shining City Audio, a C-13 Originals, and John Meachin Studio. Available now on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to your podcasts.